Welcome to Mapping Healthy Minds, a podcast that poses the question, we all have mental health, how's yours? I'm licensed marriage and family therapist Justin Lewis, and I'm also your host. This week, I will be continuing my series of Owensboro-based compass therapists, and on this episode is a therapist who has a unique specialty, which is art therapy. My guest is Julie Johnson. Julie is a licensed professional clinical counselor and a licensed professional art therapist who earned her bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Kentucky in 2002, go Big Blue, and her master's degree in counseling from the University of Louisville in 2005. She has over 10 years of experience counseling with areas of specialty that include suicide prevention, depression, anxiety, mood disorders, postpartum issues, trauma and or dissociative issues, grief and loss, and guidance with common life stressors. She welcomes children, adolescents, and adults to counseling and will be offering art therapy as indicated or desired. Clients will process and explore emotions through nonverbal expression in combination with traditional methods in order to maximize healing and to improve self-esteem. Whenever I had this interview with Julie, I myself was not real familiar with all the steps it took to become an art therapist or what made uh, that specialty um, more than just uh, what conventional thinking about what therapy Uh, including art might be. So as a professional, I learned a lot. And if you are a professional listening to this, you may learn a lot. Uh, And also, of course, this is going to be helpful for someone who uh, is not a professional who may be interested in participating in art therapy. My interview with Julie will be coming up right after this information. Mapping Healthy Minds podcast is sponsored by Compass Counseling. We all have mental health and taking care of it can't wait. You can learn more about Compass Counseling or book an appointment online at www.compasscounseling.com. Compass offers online counseling. Compass also offers in-person counseling in three locations, Paducah, Henderson, and Owensboro, Kentucky. Thank you for joining me today, Julie. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, we will just get into it here. Um, I had you on the show because I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about your unique experience and a unique approach, I think, of using art therapy. So you have some specific training in using that type of approach with clients. Can you talk a little bit about your background experience and training, uh, especially in that way? Yes, I can. Um, so early on, I when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I um, knew that I loved psychology. I'd had a class in high school um, and also loved my art classes, um, but didn't really want to be an art teacher. So someone had mm-hmm. mentioned that art therapy could be an option and uh, it you know was immediately interested and explored that as an option. And so I went to... UK and um, did my undergraduate work in psychology and minored in art studio, which gave me the core classes to um, be eligible for the graduate program at the University of Louisville, which is one of the oldest art therapy programs in the nation. Hmm. Um, And so it was a really exciting to know from the beginning my path um, of where I was going and and how to make that happen. Um, 
the unfortunate part is that no one warned me that um, it would be hard to find a job as an art therapist, um, <laughs> that insurances didn't want to pay for art therapy. And oh, so okay. um, thankfully, the graduate program had also recognized that and kind of um, shifted into a counseling basis and approach uh-huh. with the concentration in expressive therapy. Okay. Um, so it allowed me to be um, eligible for the counseling licensure immediately after graduation. Um, and so I did start with community mental health and um, worked for 10 plus years in that avenue, um, not getting to use art therapy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the first 10 years, the, the ways that I were, was able to use art therapy, um, I worked with adults with serious mental illness. And so, you know, a lot of times people think of art therapy as an approach primarily and only with children, but it can be used in other avenues. Right. Um, so part of my time there, I worked at a day treatment therapeutic rehabilitation program where the clients came to us like 830 to 230 every day. And so I did an art therapy group there that they mm. loved um, and could practice individual as needed with those with those people. Um, um, another avenue, it was really helpful. I worked at the crisis stabilization unit for three years. Um, and so those are, you know, are people that are coming to us in crisis tend to be struggling with depression, anxiety, or trauma history and or addiction. Sure. Right. Um, so it was um, a helpful approach at the crisis unit. Um, people seem to really take to it and enjoy it, um, if not to just explore and process, but for relaxation as well. And so it can be used in different ways. But um, so then when I moved to private practice three years ago, that's when I really focused in on licensure for art therapy and practicing it more. Um, So now I'm able to see children and teens um, and do tend to use it more than I ever have um, with that population. Um, one-on-one in individual sessions that was a long answer (laughs) that was a long answer but that's uh that's great so you were interested in doing art therapy just out of the gate it wasn't a I'm going to be a therapist and then later think oh I'm going to incorporate this kind of intervention or you did not find that later it was that's always the plan Yes, and there, I mean, there's a personal backstory to that. My mom was the one who had learned about art therapy and suggested it. Um, My mom did um, get breast cancer and passed away. Um, I had moved home during college to take care of her and then went back to college. um, And then shortly after she passed. And so for me, the art was my opportunity to um, practice it and, and utilize the art um, as a means of expression. Um, and mm-hmm. so when I was in graduate school, we had to practice the interventions that we would use and practice um, right. upon graduation. And so I found it personally um, helpful as well in, in therapeutic and healing in that way. Um, sure. And so I do even have my own artwork that is kind of um, a reminder of that journey for me okay. and have that story to be able to share with people of how it can be helpful and effective um, mm-hmm. in their healing journey. So so what is that artwork? Do you mind talking about what that looks like? Sure, yeah. No, I do um, have several paintings that I tend to, I, I used symbolism to express meaning of, mm-hmm. of my loss and my grief through those. 
So um, like brush painting, finger painting? They were acrylic painting. Acrylic, okay. mm-hmm. um, I loved sculpture. I loved clay work. And so I do have one um, large sculpture of a lady holding a baby. And that was actually a gift to my mother on her last birthday. And then in graduate school, we had to make a, um, a mask. And I chose to make my mask um, standing. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's um, propped up on half of a torso to kind of represent and symbolize the breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And then on the back of the mask, I was able to write her roles. I wrote words like mother, sister, daughter, friend. Um, and then her birth and death dates hmm. on there. And it's actually on display at the Owensboro Hospital in town. Oh, wow. Um, it's called The Face of Breast Cancer. And it's kind of just, again, that um, a, a really cool experience to have that on display, but also just to show the community of, of how art can be helpful in healing. Right. Yeah, that's really... Uh that's really neat. So maybe possibly we could get some pictures of those for our okay. website, social media stuff. You'd that. be yeah. okay with that? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. So you saw the personal value, so then you wanted to pass that along, it sounds like. Um, but you didn't get to use it for several mm-hmm. years, right. unfortunately. Right. Yeah, focused on counseling and um you know, I was primarily working with serious mental illness, and so uh-huh. a lot of times it is kind of crisis management and, right. and um, helping people cope with their psychosis and sure. and function um, in the community and and help them access resources. and And I'm passionate about that population. I really enjoyed that time as well. Uh-huh. Um, and um, you know, my internships in graduate school were with the inpatient hospitals and so i was able to use it be applied with all populations i did group art therapy groups with children teenagers acute adults as well as the more geriatric alzheimer kind of facing end of life mm-hmm. um ways of of exploring and, and remembering the positives and kind of building hope in people and so um yeah art therapy can be useful for lots of different reasons with lots of different populations sure um now, had I stayed in Louisville, it would have been easier to find a job. It is um, well known there as right. um, a meaningful tool in the therapeutic practice. And a lot of the hospitals, actually most of the hospitals, employ art therapists in mm. Louisville. Um, and so maybe big cities, it would be, have been easier, right. um, but just not here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way it goes. Sometimes rural communities aren't as um, on the forefront of different sure. types of techniques. There uh, were, were there ever opportunities for you to just kind of incorporate art in a, as a piece of your treatment with other people, or um, was it always kind of an all-or-nothing situation? It is at um, you know here in private practice, it is absolutely um, an addition to. I don't um, I offer it. I never expect it, mm. um, and so I do occasionally get someone who is primarily interested in art therapy but often they're coming to me for counseling Mm -hmm. and it's just an extra that I share with them um, that I am licensed as an art therapist which in Kentucky you have to be licensed as an art therapist to utilize it Um, you can use art and creative approaches through the counseling but as far as um, actually advertising 
with that licensure right. and utilizing that as a as a modality. Um, Kentucky has that opportunity for licensure. Some states don't have that. Um, sure. So talk about the difference in utilizing creative approaches and actual art therapy. Well, so I think there might be a misunderstanding that art therapy might be um, a way of assessment or analyzing or creating these outcome products that then are on display. And that's not really the case. The, the, you know, the purpose is more of the process and not the product. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm clear about that. And, 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 and um, you know, a person does not have to be an artist. They don't have to have any talent whatsoever. And I think that's important to keep in mind that everyone can benefit from the creative approach and using that as an expression. And people will sometimes shock themselves and, and find that maybe they do have a little bit of talent or, or ability to kind of creatively express right. their emotions. Sure. And then that becomes exciting and rewarding and can yeah. boost confidence and esteem. Absolutely. So creative approaches would be something just like uh, drawing a picture, um, using somebody that already might have artistic skill to say, tell me, like, draw how you're feeling. Like any kind of therapeutic approach could include something like that without necessarily being considered art therapy, but yours would be an extra step. Sure. I know it's confusing. Yeah. I mean, art um, in general is, is healthy and helpful for people to even do on their own as, as self-care and individually. Mm -hmm. um, and I do have some adults who use art in their spare time for self-care and exploration. And then we sometimes take a look at process or talk through what was there. Um as opposed to utilizing our time in the counseling session, we're tied to an hour. And so often there's not a lot of time for creating art in that hour. Mm -hmm. um, with children, they tend to be faster. And so <laughs> yeah. there, there typically is the time to do a little bit of all of it, right? right. Where, um, you know, the intervention approach is for me to generally guide them or have a topic or something specific that we're working on that is tied to their goals. Uh -huh. It's not simply... Um, here is my art materials and do what you want. Um, that has therapeutic value for relaxation. And if, if their goals sure. are anxiety and relaxation, then it might be that we do try that mm -hmm. um, on occasion. Um, the other benefit with that approach is that often if a kid is focused on the relaxation value that the art has, they're more open to actually verbalizing what their thoughts and feelings are and they're not having to look at me directly in the face and so there's a little bit more yeah. of a comfort and safety sure. while using the art and being able to talk through what they're what's on their mind and, and what our focused goals are um and then there's other times where we, it the the art intervention has a specific directive um again a, a tied to their goals and so right. that could be a variety of things um for sure so and that would be somebody that specializes that would have more of that kind of direct approach or yes yeah. yes i have a, a, a large list of tool bag of, of sure. specific interventions that are tied to specific goals um whatever that may be um do, do you have a favorite or a go-to that you think i is do yeah i tend to start especially with kids of just emotion exploration and, and teaching about emotions and words and um, utilizing color and, and line and shapes and symbols of, of, of what it means to them. There's not mm -hmm. an exact answer to that. Red might mean 
mad feelings or it might mean love, right? So yeah. um, it's really up to the person and how what they choose. And so I kind of teach um, just um, about emotions in general. A lot of times children don't have the words to use. They don't know how to express themselves or say what's there. Um, so the art is an avenue for them to do that and to communicate to me what's there. Um, or how they're feeling. And so often in, um, a, a good starting place is our four basic emotions. So mad, glad, sad, scared. Mm-hmm. And we kind of start with those four and explore um, how they experience those examples of when they feel th- that way. Um, and then we can focus in on which one do you struggle with the most and, and how can I help you with that? Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, that's pretty. That's a general starting place okay. um, with the teenagers and adolescents. Um, the emotional exploration is useful, but also I find that the self esteem kind of building that up is is helpful. And so often we're focused on things like um, goal setting, positive traits and characteristics, things they want in life, things that they hope for, things they've overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so one specific example of an approach with that would be to utilize a magazine collage. Um, so it's a little less scary. They don't have to come up with the words. They don't have to know what to draw or what to paint, but they can choose words or images from magazines that are expressive of whatever that topic may be. Um, and so that can be exciting and rewarding to them as well and something they can take home with them. You know, sometimes we're looking at coping skills and so we can do art related to the coping skills so that they have Mm -hmm. reminders that are present with them throughout the week and things like that. So it helps them visualize whenever they're in that situation. Yeah. It's kind of the idea there. Yes. So adult, maybe an adult walks in and says, all right, Julie, I have signed up and I want to use art to make me feel better. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do you do with that kind of, uh, I'm I'm assuming that kind Mm -hmm. of thing comes into your office. It does, but not often. Okay. It has been rare. In the three years that I've been here, I can only think of three or four people that have initiated with an onset of expressing interest in the art therapy. Um, And so my office is primarily traditionally looks like a counseling office with Uh the couch and chairs. Um, the area that I have is a large desk that's easily cleanable. And then I have the supplies primarily are paints, markers, crayons, pencils, chalk pastels, oil pastels. Um, I think I said paints, but so that includes a variety of different types of paints. Sure. Um, but it's not a large art studio as one might prefer if they were coming in thinking that they were going to be creatively expressing. Um, Now, I do have an art easel in the corner of my office that can be used for painting. Um, Again, the hard part is being constrained to that one hour. And and so I have not yet had an experience where someone is with me for an hour doing the art alone and there's no interaction. Um, You know, again, Mm -hmm. through... um, the counseling process we do tend to start with the cognitive processing and checking in and finding out you know kind of review um, and again whatever their goals may be um, and so yeah. then allowing a short opportunity to do some of the art would be appropriate sometimes we talk while they work sometimes we don't but it tends to be a short amount of time um, and then we kind of 
come together at the end and process and take a look at what the meaning is, if there is. Um, Again, it's interpretive to the person and not what I think. Um, But it can be hard. Um, Yeah, ideally I would have two to three hours. And and, Mm -hmm. um, so with adults, sometimes what works better is to kind of talk about their options and then they practice the art on their own in their home. Mm. And then they can bring in the artwork or take pictures of the artwork if they want to share with me their experience and what that journey has been like and, and, you know, do more of that type of um, just talking about um, and processing whatever their art is related to. So it seems important to point out that it's not you um, interpreting something that they've drawn and being like, well, this is your deep-seated issue and, you know, whatever. Absolutely. That That is not my approach. Um, There is some research-based information out there. There are books um, on, well, this could mean this and this might mean this. And um, we've looked at 100 drawings or paintings and it seems as though and and so there is information out there like that but it is never the the primary purpose of art therapy again it's about the processing and kind of what it it adds to the table for um, you know that healing process um more so than and you know again we are looking for meaning but it's the client's uh view right Uh, what do you think this means how do you feel about this and what does it what do you think it might say Mm -hmm. now if i see something that's kind of clear and obvious to me that that again based on their history and what they've shared with me thus far then i might ask but i would never assume right kind of like what do you think about this as an option yes something Mm -hmm. like that sure Mm -hmm. okay so i have heard recently there's research out there that talks about the value of participating in art in your day-to-day weekly life or just appreciating art as part of uh, self-care. I think you mentioned it that way. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on uh, the importance of that or how a listener might approach that? I do absolutely believe in the value of self-care um, and the creative approach is helpful i i do tend to be more of the right brain expressive emotion you know and so for me art is what is how i do that Um, but it is not for everyone others may have other avenues of whatever that creative expression may be Um, so for some people it might be more music Um, and so there's lots of different healthy type of self-care strategies Mm -hmm. but even if a person doesn't enjoy the expressive like doing art or having the materials um, journaling would be an alternative of more of a, of a writing approach of exploring what's there, mm-hmm. um, you know, or again, music or, or any of the arts really sure. are useful. Um, but like you said, observing and appreciating, I think that that can be um, a neat experience and one mm-hmm. that tends to bring a lot of positives um, to the community when we can connect over mm-hmm. um people that are maybe using art as their profession or kind of trying to um, touch people through that avenue. Um, So I have seen where um, I participated once in an art therapy group that was to help um, sexual assault survivors. And so we, um, I think it was a six to eight week meeting group and where we offer these ideas of and opportunities to 
express themselves of their experience and, and, and bring healing to what their experience was, but then at the end of it did um, put on a community, um, not a show, but just a display mm-hmm. of like, um, you know, to, to show um, their strength and, and that they're survivors and, and kind of really build them up in that way. Of like awesome. this is my story, but I've overcome it, and um, and this is what it means to me. And being able to kind of just again share that story, right? There's movement mm-hmm. with that today, sure. And so sharing your story might it words are hard, and and and, and being yeah. able to speak in front of people is hard. So right. art can be a tool to share with people your story, and so it's powerful. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, I've kind of shared uh, this story before in a different podcast uh, episode, but where art was one of the topics. But I uh, had an experience where I was uh, in a position to see some Van Gogh art, mm. and he's my favorite painter. Okay. And I just have such fond memories of the emotional reaction I was having to just standing in front of the painting and looking at it that I could see how taking time out of your day week uh to just appreciate art of some sort can can do a lot for self-care and uh positive feelings uh well and finding i think that that it, right like you said that emotional reaction we tend to be drawn to things we relate to mm-hmm. or that say something to us so and so even if like my interpretation of someone else's art it might say something to me, which might be very different than what it says to you. Yeah. Um, and so again, I think it, it and and can could be completely different than the artist themselves and their intention or what <laughs> sure. they were thinking or feeling. Yeah, that's a good so point. that's why, yes, there's usefulness in in just the power of art and what it can do for people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that um, using it as a part of therapy is a really smart way to go about it, and. Uh, even as a therapist, wasn't a hundred percent informed on exactly how someone who specialized in art therapy mm-hmm. would go about doing that. So, I wanted to uh, talk to somebody who was a specialist in that area. Are there things that you would uh, specifically want a listener to know about this type of uh, therapy or anything regarding uh, incorporating art into treatment? You know, probably the the biggest thing just to communicate in general with seeking help is is um, validating the fears of, of of asking for help, of reaching out, of of trying it the first time. I um, think it's so important to encourage people and and normalize counseling and and why one might seek that type of help. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone needs help sometimes. And sure. so it doesn't have to be this big, bad, awful thing that I have experienced to go seek help. Right. It might simply be um, more of a future-oriented goal-setting, where am I at in life, and kind of processing mm-hmm. stressors, um, and, and so more of a, a forward thinking. But um, just coming in the first time and, and kind of um, trying to break down that barrier mm-hmm. um, is important to me um, in communicating that with the art therapy approach I, I again um, it can be hard to find and so it might be that if you are interested in it and there's not any licensed art therapists around that mm-hmm. you could still 
try out counseling and talk about that as an avenue and express your interest. And it might be that they have um, resources or some guidance and how to do that. Um, again, just supporting that process, even if it's not utilized in mm-hmm. session. Um, I do feel like counselors who primarily work with children and adolescents are utilizing or have at least sure. some of the basic materials Absolutely. Um, and opportunity yeah. just to work with even skill sheets. We can, we can use art materials for that and make right. it fun. Right. We're trying to connect with children and children tend to communicate well and be responsive to the creative approach. And so... Um, you know, even if you if if you think it might not be an option, you won't know unless you try and bring it up and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are resources. There's a Kentucky Art Therapy Association chapter, as well as the nationwide credentialing board. Um, so there are avenues of googling and finding out <laughs> art therapists in oh, that yeah, area. For sure. Yeah. Um, so that would be a place to start if you're interested primarily in the art therapy approach. Yeah. Um, so one thing I heard you say is it's. For someone who may find therapy to be a little bit intimidating, but part of the mission of this podcast is uh, to communicate that we all have mental health, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and so mm-hmm. it's just about finding a way to take care of it, and therapy doesn't have to be scary and intimidating, although it is hard for some to verbalize what's on their mind, and so using art could be a way to open up that door uh, no matter what your skill level is Mm -hmm. as an artist or if you see art as something that you would do outside of the office it's kind of just a simple way to open that door to talking about how you feel um, with children and adults Uh, I've done a little bit I used to do work with uh, children I don't really anymore but uh, doing simple things like having kids make cards for their loved ones or something like mm-hmm. that is an easy way for yeah. them to just kind of learn how to to talk to them and show them that they love them and all those sort of things mm-hmm. so um yeah it's a it's a great tool and i'm i'm glad that we have people like you that are out there and wanting to get trained to specifically know how to mm-hmm. use it in the most productive means sure yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking some time out and joining me on this podcast today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mapping Healthy Minds. Mapping Healthy Minds podcast is sponsored by Compass Counseling. We all have mental health and taking care of it. Can't wait. You can learn more about Compass Counseling or book an appointment online at www.compasscounseling.com. Compass offers online counseling and in-person counseling in Paducah, Henderson, and Owensboro, Kentucky. But that's not all. This month we are giving away a free resource. So for all you listeners out there, you are eligible for a book Uh, called 10 Questions to Ask Before Starting Counseling. And you can get your copy by clicking on the link that is found in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, you may um, enjoy others. So you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or MappingHealthyMinds.com. And of course, we are also on the social media machine, Facebook, Instagram, are places where you can get more information about the episodes, the guests, and Compass Counseling. I'm your host, Justin Lewis, and please remember that we all have mental health, 
How's yours? <laughs>